Good morning, Vogue. This is Nicole Phelps. I'm the director of Global Vogue Runway, and I'm here today with Jeremy Scott. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, how are you? How are you? Jeremy's Moschino collection and video have uh, been all over social media for the last 24 hours or so, and chances are you've probably seen it. Anders Christian Madsen, who is a colleague of mine at Vogue Runway, put it this way. I thought this was a great quote. No one has quite aced this digital moment in fashion history like Jeremy. So we have lots of questions about how it all came together. Thank you very much for being here with us. My absolute pleasure, Nicole. All right. Well, uh, you know, I am, uh, in addition to reviewing some shows uh, all season long, I do a lot of editing. And, and I thought Anders uh, made some really great observations in your piece. And you said some very interesting things, which I want to quote here, which is you said you use the term comfort schmumfort and you uh, elaborated to say what we need now more than ever is fantasy and glamour. And um, I obviously don't disagree, but uh, I am curious for you to talk to us about how the way you design and what you design has changed, if at all, after a year in, in lockdown and amidst the pandemic. Well, I think you know very well from watching my work that I'm a very devout devotee of high octane glamour always. And so that part really hasn't changed. I might've put the pedal to the metal a little bit more this season and last, but I think what's changed a lot is kind of like what we're doing right now. Everything I'm seeing are through screens. Um, I did my fittings through screens, through something like this, you know, thinking about how the work is seen, it's all seen through screens. So I'm looking at it Already my work is very um, theatrical and very photogenic. And I think of it in, in a way how it would be finally consumed always, but now it's almost entirely consumed at this moment via screens. So I've, I've been watching it in a different way. So while I'm doing the fittings with my team in Milan and they are doing the actual pinning and the actual uh, adjustments for me and I'm directing it you know, in the, in a manner like this, I'm watching it in in a in a way that takes away that that moment of being next to it. And there is something I think that does give it a little bit more of remove that makes it a little bit more, in a way, precise. If I know it sounds kind of weird to say it that way, but I don't have the emotional moment of the model in front of me and everything happening live. I'm more dissecting it because I'm looking at it through a screen and I am I'm, I am removed in that respect. So I feel like that part has changed and maybe even for the better. Hmm. Well, I feel that's a good segue uh, to talk about the, the collections. Last uh, season, to refresh people's memory, Jeremy did a fantastic video where he turned models and uh, front row goers in, into marionettes. And it was a uh, huge hit uh, on Vogue Runway and, and across the internet. And uh, what you did this season was you, I would say, paid homage to a very famous movie called The Women uh, from 1939, a George Cougar film and uh, a specific scene. So uh, a specific fashion show scene. Can you tell us uh, anything about your experience with that movie, maybe when you saw it for the first time or, or why you liked it enough to recreate it for this? Absolutely. Um, 
I've racked my brain to even remember when I could have seen it first, because it's one of those things that feels like it's been with me forever. I think any real fashion fan would put this on one of their top 10 lists of, you know, old Hollywood films, especially ones that have a fashion show in it. This one is really the creme de la creme. Not only is it beautifully done, but also there are the costumes by Adrian, who is also such a icon for so many fashion designers and having done all the most beautiful old Hollywood kind of glamorous films and costumes at that time. But beyond the costumes, I think for me is, is really the fact that the film is only with women. There's only actresses. There's not one time there's a, a male actor in the film, even with a voice. So I love that because honestly, as normal as that maybe should be today, it's still not normal in Hollywood for an all-female cast to be able to carry a film. And that film does it so beautifully. Now, specifically for the scene that I was inspired by is the fashion show scene, and they're at a salon, which is such an, you know, typical um, historical fashion kind of scenario. And this one's more of like the the dressmaker salon instead of maybe the Paris couturier. And they're coming to choose the their garde-robe for the season. And I wanted to kind of think about all the things that they would need to wear. Now, again, thinking back to the time of the film, these ladies did not work. They were not having jobs. Their characters were, you know, really dependent upon men. So I wanted to start mine with them as busy businesswomen in you know, takes of the pinstripe suit and these kind of business looks that would be putting them in charge and not, you know, quibbling about the fact that they're working. They're not only working, you're working for them and they're not working for you. And so I wanted to start with that, then play a little bit with the kind of whole idea of leisure wear and on the countryside and kind of these kind of funny little ideas of like, well, she'll go to the farm for the weekend for a little repose and what she would wear. So then I played with some icons of Franco Moschino, the cloud print, the cow, which is a big icon from Franco, played with the potato sacks and did some patchwork looks as well, almost as if she had kind of put it together from scraps herself, this very couture garment, but with little swatches of different fabrics. And then I kind of wanted to kind of go through all the different places and things that she might do ending with a night out at the opera and having this version be with a cast that reflects our modern day ideas. I mean, there's different ages, different body types, skin types, skin colors, everything that's around us, all the beauty that we really live today instead of it being as narrow as it was in 1939. Yes, and uh, Dita Von Teese, who I know is a friend of yours, makes a cameo at the end. And please, everyone, go and watch it all the way to the end. You won't be disappointed. So talk to me about the actual production of this video. It was really ambitious. It would have been ambitious even in non-COVID times. But of course, you're dealing with all sorts of restrictions and protocols. This is something one of the Twitter, uh, our Twitter followers asked. What were some of the struggles you had to make this film? I mean, first of all, in fashion world, struggle is that we do the clothes, we have six months to design it, make it, and have it ready for the show season. Well, I had to cut my whole time down by a month in order to have the clothes in time, to have the time to film, 
have the time to edit and deliver it exactly on the same day that I was normally would be showing in Milan the show if it had been a live show. So I had to kind of fast forward myself. Luckily, I had already had the idea while I was filming the marionette show of where I wanted to go next. So I had to conceptualize how I was going to do this film. It conceptualized the different scenarios that I wanted to make as these scenes so I could design the clothes that made sense for each scene and then turn that in a month in advance. So that alone in fashion terms is kind of an epic feat if you'll back me up on that, Nicole, <laughs> because a lot of times things are very, very last minute in fashion. Now, for all the things that we're living today, of course, with COVID being you know a major aspect of blocking a lot of normal ways of working, that was also an, another issue that we had to kind of figure our way around. But luckily here in Hollywood, where I'm at now, they have put together lots of um, protocols for filming. So we were able to adhere to all the protocols of filming and make that happen and make that magic a reality. I feel that one thing that's happened over the course of the last year is it's taken us a long time to realize that normal is not not really coming back. So I hesitate to even ask this question about September when I cross my fingers and hope we might be back in Milan seeing a Moschino show. But I'm curious after obviously really enjoying these these two last seasons yourself creating this kind of uh video digital content how do you see moving forward in terms of fashion shows and sort of uniting um the digital and the real experience that's a very interesting question i haven't really put my mind to that of how these two ideas could marry i have been just absorbed with how to bring the magic and whimsical kind of vibe and sentiment and spirit that you get when you see my show live into film and how to bring that emotion because i feel like that's what's really important to convey is this emotional aspect of it um so i i started thinking about things that i could never do live well in my opinion so i had had the idea to do um some kind of museum painting scenario where the paintings come alive for for many years i've toiled with this idea thinking of do i use scrims and they kind of come through the scrim and how could i do this and then i finally had the perfect format to do it now in film i could control it i could make you believe that they come alive i, I could you know make an elegant departure from from the painting frame all of those things so I've actually been thinking more about how I could take ideas that I could never achieve live and, and make them a more magical, amazing way in film. I, I do imagine one day I'll show live shows again, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'll stop making films. So riffing on that idea, can you talk about the ways that you think the last year of, uh, of you know lockdowns and working from home and not being able to go see fashion shows will, will change the, the fashion system? I think it'll change us all in ways that we will just never be able to imagine until one day we kind of look back and we're like, oh, 
oh yeah, I used to do things like that. You know, kind of when we used to think, oh, remember you didn't have a cell phone? You know, you think about something like that. Like growing up as a kid, like I didn't have a cell phone and my mom and dad would just have to pick me up at the mall and I'd have to be there exactly at that same amount of time so that they knew where to pick me up. I think that it will change a lot of the way we work, a lot of the way we present work, the, a lot of the way we live. Um, but I think what we have to do is take the good and then we can leave behind the parts that aren't as pleasant. You know, once things do get back to being a, a time where we can gather and that we can safely be together and that there isn't the, the this extreme risk, um, you know, would I, for instance, still do fittings via Teams and Zoom and, and have that as a way of working on the show, but then being there and doing the show live when it came that moment, you know, is that something that helps the process? And I think that's kind of, you know, what is the thing to pick from it is, well, what has made things more um, beneficial, you know? I mean, even having one-on-ones, I've had more one-on-ones with you this year than I ever get to. And, you know, that's a joy for me. And I think that there's things like that that maybe we see as a benefit. At the same time, um, I would still love to see you in person now and again. Well, we did have that moment where we bumped into each other on the Bowery, which was quite serendipitous, (laughs) quite serendipitous and nice. So you have been uh, almost exclusively, uh, you know, save for that moment when I saw you in the city uh, last fall uh, in California. Um, What do you miss the most about uh, going to Milan and, you know, being with the teams at Moschino there? Literally, it's the team. I miss my team. I miss seeing them. I miss that interaction. I miss the joking with them. I miss that kind of aspect that can only happen as fluid as being there. I can tell you, I don't miss the jet lag. (laughs) I don't miss the jet lag one bit because I often become almost like a vampire when I'm there and I flip schedules and I'm living in LA time schedule, but in a Milan setting. So it makes it a little bit cumbersome, but yeah, I, I miss my team. I miss all of that. I mean, they can FedEx me, you know, uh, packages of all the fabrics I'm looking for, uh, they can s- send me the twalls to my studio in LA. I can send them my sketches via my iPhone, just snapping it after I sketch it and WhatsApp it to them. But I, I miss them. Uh, I know the feeling. It, it's hard. It's hard to work from behind a computer screen for a full year. So, talking about Milan and talking about Franco Moschino uh, and his legacy, I, I find that uh, you know there's always so much to talk about uh, when 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 I see you at a show backstage. That that sometimes we don't put. Uh, put your work in context of, you know, the house founder. And I thought since you used uh, his prints, the, the, you know, the cow print and the cloud print specifically this season, uh, we could spend a few minutes. Maybe you could just tell the young people who are watching what front, you know, what Moschino stood for and the ways that you see your work uh, elaborating on that legacy and expanding on it. Absolutely. I think Franco was not only an amazing designer, I think he is an underrated designer. I don't think he gets the credit for his work that he is due. And I think that he brought so much joy, playfulness, irony, tongue in cheek into fashion. As you mentioned, the iconic cloud print, 
uh, the cow. He, he used a lot of different elements that were not necessarily um, tropes of fashion, even though he played with fashion a lot. And I would say that one of the other things that I would say that comes from Bronco um, is, is the kind of colorful, almost cartoon couture. It was something that he, he loved and, and played with in, in a very fun way. And I, you know, I'm a fan. I was a fan as a kid when I first discovered, you know, high fashion. I, I had a, an immediate reaction to the, the kind of high and low movement he would have of things being very oat and luxurious, but then kind of really quotidien at the same time in that juxtaposition. And so much of that speaks to me and my natural way of seeing things and the way I, I process the world and the way I create in my output. Um, so I've found many times that I've drawn things or sketched things and then later found them something similar in the archives. Mm -hmm. So even unbeknownst to me, there's things that there's a similar camaraderie. Even um, one time, many seasons after, the Barbie collection, which was my second collection for Moschino. I did a whole homage to Barbie and I was going through an old Italian Vogue and I found a black and white portrait of a Barbie doll. And then he had put the Moschino logo under it. And it was one of the first, apparently I found out one of the first ad campaigns he ever did. And so I just thought, you know what? It just proves my point that I don't have to think about it i just do it mm. it comes from me naturally there's a symbiotic design kind of energy and and that just comes from me so you know i know that sometimes i had heard critiques that maybe i was too american for this italian house something like for instance barbie or mcdonald's i also found a very um old uh, Moschino jeans catalog that had one little rift on a McDonald's uh, uniform again after the fact. So I was like, I so said, now I don't think about it. I don't question it. And I've had a few beautiful occasions where people who were close to Franco and who loved him and knew him very well have told me how much he would love what I'm doing. And to brag a touch, the biggest and most important one came from, from Jean-Paul Gaultier. And I know from many people who still work at Moschino how much he loved Jean-Paul. And they were kind of kindred spirits, both using humor and fashion, um, even though it may come out differently in the final output, that's still an element that's not um, shared by all fashion designers. And I know that when he came to visit Franco for the first time in Milan, Franco took a red um, carpet and rolled it from the whole office all the way through the office to the front door to the sidewalk to roll out the red carpet for Jean-Paul because he had so much admiration for him. And he's also was such a theatrical character himself. So when Jean-Paul had his last Pret-a-Porter show, I went to it and then he whispered in my ear, I'm so, so happy with the work that you're doing. Franco would love it. And oh. To me, that felt like the closest I'll ever be able to receive 
from hearing it from Franco himself, and of course, since he no longer is alive. So um, I cherish that that wonderful compliment from one of my also my idols, Jean Paul. So yes, that thank you for sharing that. That is a beautiful a beautiful memory. So I want to talk about your legacy too, because uh, you know thinking about Jean Paul Gaultier, I, I do make a connection between your work and his or your fashion shows and his because. His show, like yours, but your show more so, people have so much fun at. Nobody has more fun than when they go to a Moschino show. So can you tell us where that sense of fun and joy comes from? I mean, you, you sort of have an endless fount of it. Where, where do, you know, what do you credit that to? I mean, that's where I'll get spiritual. I credit it to God. I, I'm just, I try to be a, a wonderful vessel to receive the bountiful joys and to share them. It just is my good fortune to be able to put a smile on people's faces. And I feel like that's the best gift I can give. And so I love hearing that when people, you know, have come often for those who don't work in the industry like yourself, they don't realize how grueling that day can be because that day isn't only several shows. I'm usually in the evening. So it's usually several, several shows on front of several shows the day before, the day before, the day before, a flight, another country, several shows the day before, the day before. So it, it is grueling if you're not just swiping on uh, the runway and looking in the casually at your own house. And so a lot of times people come a little bit maybe worn and could be grumpy. <laughs> now, I understand that. What I love are the stories of jaded fashion editors with smiles from ear to ear, enjoying and it lifting up their spirit um, as they leave the show and go on to have dinner afterwards for the night. That makes me happy because I think that is honestly the best gift I can give someone. And I, I really don't know where it comes from. It's just my, my nature and my way of looking at things. I, I think I'm generally a very optimistic person. And I even when things are not as positive or, or great, or even I've had setbacks like everybody, I try to find the, even the tease myself and have a joke about it myself and try to find the light side and, and of course the silver lining always. All right. I think we only have time for for one more question, but this is this is also one from uh, a Twitter follower, and I think it's a good one because we're about to enter a very strange award season. When sadly, you know, a lot of it will be will be virtual or and shot remotely, and uh, there won't be the the red carpets we're used to. But one of the one of the Twitter questions is, where would you like to see these designs worn, and why? Hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I would like to see them on the red carpet. I'd like to see them at the grocery store. I would like to see them in the library. I would like to see them walking down the street because I think you should wear fashion anywhere and everywhere. I don't think it should be segregated to just a red carpet event or just, you know, for a soiree. I think you should have fun with it. And if you feel like wearing an evening gown to the Whole Foods, wear an evening gown at Whole Foods. I think you should have fun with it. I love seeing people dressed up all the time. I, I never think anything is really out of uh, occasion because I think it's really all about just the playfulness and the fun. And if you feel like you look good, then you look good. 
Well, that, that is a good note to end on. Like I said, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can see a, a live fashion show um, from Moschino uh, and, and you in September. And until then, I hope you stay well, Jeremy. Thank you so much. You as well, Nicole. So good to see you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.